0: Bucks in 6 day, baby, Bucks in 6. So, if you want to call in and remember the Bucks winning the NBA Finals last year, you can give us a call 414-799-1250. We'll continue doing that for the rest of the show. So, give us a call. We want to talk with you guys. Get your thoughts of what you remember about that day, your favorite moment from the NBA Finals, whatever it is. We want to talk with you guys. 414-799-1250. I think it's only appropriate that we hear from Brandon Jennings again with the original Bucks and six. Here's Brandon Jennings, kind of creating that mantra.
1: I know everybody's counting us out, but for us, you know, there's really no pressure on us right now. Um, so we just gonna go out there and play basketball and win. And win? Yeah.
0: And how many games?
1: Six. We're gonna be. We're gonna win in six.
0: The Bucks and six always. That's that's for the culture. <laughs> I don't know how that became the rallying cry, but it's great. And then the fact that the Bucks won it in six is even better.
1: I was trying to, yeah. I mean, not only the NBA Finals, but also the Eastern Conference Finals against the Atlanta Hawks, too. They won in six. But I was trying to, when it was Rami and I, I was trying to explain the Bucs in six rally chant to him and like why it's just become such a thing. I think it just became a thing because, and if you guys want to call in and give your opinion on it, it's totally fine. This is just... My opinion on it, but um, I think it's just because at the time it was so ridiculous that it was kind of funny and it was kind of cute, you know what I mean? Because we knew that we weren't going to beat the Miami Heat, even when a game would have been amazing, but we ended up getting swept. So to just have the audacity and the bravery to say, yeah, we're going to win in six and then it just keeps on carrying over. I mean, it was kind of, it's kind of a thing because it's just so goofy, but now it's actually become an actual thing, which is crazy and why this championship was even more special because... That thing that was at one time sort of a joke and something that, you know, we didn't even ourselves take serious as Bucks fans. Now is like it became a reality in the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals to win it all on top of everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. And, I mean, I've talked about it at length, Sam. I want to get some of your thoughts on these different things, like what were some of your favorite memories of the run, or what were your memories of game six and what you were doing? I mean, we all obviously were lucky enough to be at the game and watching it together, but we kind of split up as soon as the final buzzer went off. Yeah. Well, what were did you do after the game, and what were some of your favorite memories from the run? I did the same thing as you after the game. We both just uh, split up and then
1: got a bunch of fan reactions, which was Honestly, that that made it even more special. Oh, just so much fun. celebrating it with you know people like you. I could probably dig up my clips and like put them all together. But the first people I ran into when I was trying to ask people, you know, like hey, twelve fifteen in the fan, I want to get you guys a reaction. Like, how does it feel to be champions? The first people I ran into was actually like a group of six from Israel, and they made, they, they made the trip all the way to Wisconsin, Milwaukee to celebrate this. And they're all Bucks fans, so that was really special. But um, on top of that, I mean, obviously, just being at the game. We were lucky enough to do that to be, you know, covering for the people who couldn't be in the building at that time. Um just to be a part of that was amazing because <laughs> my dad was able to witness the Packers win the Super Bowl and at Cowboys Stadium and then for me, he was like really proud that I could actually witness that. So on top of that, you were lucky too. You you not that you were at uh the National Stadium, but you saw a Nationals championship in your lifetime mm-hmm. and you've now seen this, but um, as far as the rest of the finals run, I mean, obviously the 50-piece game, that was insane. But Well, and
0: do you recall, because when we were there, we're, we're watching the game, and I think I brought it up to you, what, middle of the third quarter or so? I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. Giannis has got like 38. Yeah. And you're like, what?
1: <laughs> I was I was really trying not to say anything because I didn't want to like, be a jinx or anything. <laughs> well, I no- and- I normally don't believe in that stuff, but like... I couldn't believe that that was that could have become a reality. The it was Bucks were so actually much fun seeing you
0: react to it because you know I, I'm not from the area, so I didn't grow up a Bucks fan, right? And, and keep in mind was,
1: too, you can't you're not supposed to really like cheer in the, in, at the press row. Yeah, it and didn't everything.
0: matter. It didn't matter. We were cheering.
1: Yeah, we were. We were trying to be like <laughs> reasonable though. At the end of the day, uh,
0: but watching you kind of go through all the emotions that I would go through if it were my team, yeah, w- was w- it was awesome. Like seeing you like okay, we're close, but it's not done yet. I know. It's not done yet. And, and you know, you don't, I can't jinx it. Like, I'm like, dude, they're up eight with yeah. a minute. It's over. The, like, eh.
1: I was looking through my photos and everything today and my, uh, my, you know, everything that was saved from that game. I took a bunch of videos for the fan Twitter, which was kind of weird. Now I look back at it. I was taking videos like all the way from the 400 level. But the videos I took were actually like some pretty key plays from that uh, game. And the one that I have that I love the most was Chris Middleton. I I I view that as the dagger of that game where Chris Middleton yeah, 100%. hit that jumper that you know, was it. came running across the the pick at the top of the you know at the top of the arch right before the three point line. Like when Chris Middleton hit that shot, I really felt like okay, we're winning this thing yeah, here. Like, I the can jumper. I can I can celebrate it. Giannis has it to Middleton. Middleton puts up the jumper. Yeah, that to me was the point where I felt like, I, okay, I can actually just like you know not have to worry about this, and I feel like we're actually going to win this now.
0: Well, and you could hear the crowd in the background. I, I've talked about it. Whenever I've talked about crowds to anyone, whether it's on the station, just talking with buddies, I've never heard a crowd so loud as Pfizer Forum that night. Yeah. Never. It and was, I don't think I ever will.
1: I just saw it, too, before I hopped in here, um, and Adam was taking off. I was looking at on Twitter, the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill, they posted a picture of the Deer District from that night. It's just insane. Like how many it, everybody just looks like you know little dots. Yeah,
0: you. Could, I remember going out. I don't think you got the opportunity to because you got to the stadium pretty much as the game was starting. Oh yeah,
1: if I may. Um, so obviously I'm doing the afternoon show that day. Mm-hmm. We get done at six. The Game's at like seven o'clock. So I'm trying to get there as quick as possible, and I got there what probably like halfway through the first quarter.
0: Yeah, probably about five minutes in. So right.
1: Yeah. So I, I was really bummed because I heard Brandon Jennings was going to be there, and that's my guy. Yeah, so my favorite player growing up, and I, so I I wanted to see like him obviously, like you know, bang the drum and all that to get the crowd going. That would have been that would have sent like chills down my spine. You know, Brandon Jennings doing that for an NBA Finals game in Game Six. Um, but then just I'm kind of fortunate that I was because by the time I got out of the arena, I spent so much time in there after the game that I got out of the arena probably around like two or three o'clock in the morning and like every everybody was already like kind of gone everybody was just around the pro shop so to be able to like walk into the game like right as it's starting to witness how crazy the deer district was like that was that was a really cool memory too and then on top of that it was so much more different like going into the arena than any other time that we we've covered the bucks before so much more security obviously and stuff like that i saw um I think it was gucci man on the way up to our seats oh yeah you mentioned that I yeah think. yeah <laughs> so it was just like i i obviously he's just walking behind me and i just like stepped aside i'm like yep gucci man <laughs> um, <laughs> but i mean that game was just so special for all the reasons that we mentioned I, I know we were talking about is anything gonna ever come close to how special of a championship that was and i kind of agree with a lot of people like the bucks a, a brewer's championship would really be the closest thing that could but on our tweet, uh, I saw Paul Henning. He put it in a really mm-hmm. – he kind of summarized it and why, yeah, at the end of the day, like this Bucks championship as far as Wisconsin sports memories is probably going to be the best thing that we've ever seen. Paul said on Twitter, nope, nothing I can confidently say. It's the best basketball game. Nay, sports game I'll ever witness. Almost lost the team, which is right. We had the new arena at the time as well. Coming out of the COVID lockdown, departing with 75,000 in Deer District and then Giannis dropping the 50 to win it once in a lifetime, Paul Henning says on Twitter. And I can't really disagree with him because a Brewers championship would be great because now we can finally celebrate, you know, finally winning one as opposed to getting to the World Series in 1982 against the Cardinals and losing. But you're never going to be able to recapture what happened in Deer District, that whole playoff run with everybody there, and how special it was to celebrate with everybody. Like Paul said, too, coming out of COVID, just – all those Wisconsin sports fans, all those people from around Wisconsin coming together—that's something that makes that Bucks special. That Bucks championship, like that much more special.
0: Yeah, and just going back to what I was talking about before you went in there, uh, I, I went into the stadium early. I was able to get there a little bit earlier, and I was saying I ran into traffic going there. Three and four hours before the game, I ran into traffic in a conema walk, and you never run into traffic for Bucks games Jeez. that far out. Yeah, but so many people were going down there, so I got down there probably an hour and a half before the game, hour and twenty, and I walk. I had to park a little bit further away, so I was walking through Milwaukee, and you could, see, you know, just feel the energy. And then I got up to that top little terrace area where you can look out over the Deer District from Pfizer, and I have pictures from up there. And outside of little gated off places where they had specific areas for, I think, like security and places to stand. You couldn't see the ground. Yeah, It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then you saw it going on across the street. You saw it going on in the Bradley Center parking lot. I mean, it, it was absolutely absurd to see that many people. And I, to be honest with you, like we can mention all the different things. There's never going to be another place where – Sixty thousand people gather outside the stadium to watch a game. Sixty thousand people. There were three times as many people outside the stadium watching it than inside. Yeah, and then you have people literally standing
1: where the old Bradley Center used to be, watching the Bucks on a TV potentially win a championship. Like that. Just saying that, like, kind of gives me goosebumps a little bit.
0: Well, and it's sad because, like, we're you know as as awesome as it is that the Deer District continues to get built up. There's never going to be that many people down at the Deer District again. No. So it was like a perfect storm of everything where you had, you know, every point that Paul mentioned, coming out of COVID and mm-hmm. the different things about the Bucks and the history that you've had with them in Milwaukee. And then on top of that, you have 80,000 people in that little area to cheer on the Bucks whether you're inside the stadium in the Deer District and that's not even including Probably the thousands and thousands that were at the various bars around the city of Milwaukee and throughout the state of Wisconsin that are cheering on the Bucks, and it just felt like there was such an energy to that Bucks run that I, I'm sure it could be matched by maybe a Packers Super Bowl, but it, mm. it's so hard to match the feeling that that Bucks team gave you.
1: Yeah, winning, like I said, winning a Brewers World Series, like a first World Series ever in franchise history. That would probably come close, but just having the people that were there in the Deer District makes it that much more special and that much more unique, honestly. But on top of that, like it's the Bucks. It's not like it was the Brewers. It's not like it was the Packers who, before that, were like easily every Knights, you know, number one, number two sports team in the state. I mean, after the Packers won the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you were to tell me that at the time, you know, me like a little teenager and middle school if you would have told me that the next team in Wisconsin to win a championship was going to be the Milwaukee Bucks I would have said you're out of your mind and you're talking crazy because at the time like I could I, I couldn't reconcile like the Bucks being that good to win a championship because you know obviously older fans have gone through much worse than I did growing up and all that but like my dad took my my dad took me to games where you could get like seats for 15 bucks because the team was that bad um, so on top of that like it's the Bucks that won the championship. It's we have like arguably the best player, if not the best player in the NBA. We have a guy who decided to stay in Milwaukee, out of all places too, and decided to sign the supermax. We have a guy who was thrown in as a, a th- like a guy, like Chris Middleton, who was a throw in in the Brandon Jennings trade at the time, and ends up being our second best player. A guy in Drew Holiday, who is arguably one of the most underrated players, who finally finds his place. Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, you know, sacrificing money to kind of be a, a guy, and now he's getting his name chanted by the crowd. You have P.J. Tucker, a guy who's bounced around everywhere in the league and was finally you know, a crucial leader to that Bucks championship. Just like, like you said in the beginning of the show, like, it made it that much more special, too, because of the guys who are on the team. They're so likable. They all have unique stories and you know different perspectives on how they grew up and why it means that much more to them. And you could probably make an argument for other teams that won the championship, but like there's no Giannis Dettokounmpo on that Golden State Warriors team. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and they won other things. And you're right. I mean, it just even seeing other championships in other cities, they're special obviously, and you get to see the parades and there's still excitement there. I just don't know that you can match what the Bucks were able to accomplish in that year. And you know, Ty brought up a good point. It felt so storybook because everything seemed stacked against the Bucks to even win last year. You go out and your first series is against the Miami Heat and people are worried that you might lose to that Heat team because you would lost to them in the bubble. And that first game was a struggle. Chris Middleton comes up big, you win that one, you end up sweeping that series, which, I mean, in, in a way, it almost felt like a little bit of getting over the hump to an extent because you're like, all right, yeah, we, we made easy work of a team that we struggled with last year. Then you go into that net series, and you're going up against Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden on the same basketball team. Scary hours. <laughs> like how, that, how do you win that series? We're yeah. going into it like, you know what? If the Nets are healthy, then that thing is over with. The Bucs aren't winning it. and That Game 7 alone of that series. Game 7 was nuts. And you go down 0-2 in that series and you come back and you beat Kevin Durant and just all the lore that goes around with that and all the talking points of Kevin Durant's toe this and all the different things that get brought up with it. You still won that basketball game. And then you get into the Hawks series, and you're like, all right, this should be a cakewalk. Let's get to the NBA Finals. And then Giannis goes down. I
1: I remember watching that game and where I was at that moment when he went down. I was literally watching in my living room, and I just, like, I collapsed onto my knees because I just couldn't believe that Giannis, like, Every time he hits the floor, I like you know I get so paranoid. But now that like something hits the
0: floor, grabbing his knee like that, yeah,
1: we've we've all seen it. Like we know what happened, and to be able to play through that injury is just insane. But like that that really like was a moment in sports watching it that like my heart was ripped out of my chest.
0: Well, and that's you know you go through the rest of that series, and you're like, all right, that's awesome. Please, can we get to the NBA Finals? But what's the going to be the prognosis on Giannis? Right. You know, I remember the show the next day was very subdued. You know, it was awesome that you're where you're at. But it's so subdued because it's like, you know what? We've gotten this far. I felt like we finally got over the hump. That net series felt like that stepping stone that the Bucks needed to take. And the, I, I thought they took it. And now Giannis is down, and we don't know when he's coming back. And yet, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday step up in that series and are able to win that series without Giannis. And, you know, some of that series was incredibly frustrating, too, because you felt like, gosh, you should be making easy work of this team, and you're making it so hard. But they get through that one. And then you're like, all right, is Giannis going to play? Is he not? He ultimately plays game one. And watching game one, Giannis didn't look like himself. He looked a little bit hesitant. You look at it, you know, we're breaking down his gait, we're breaking down how he looks running, we're breaking down his explosiveness, and it just didn't feel like Giannis was 100%. And you're like, you know what, this Suns team is really stinking good. If we don't get 100% Giannis, we're probably not winning this thing. And so you lose game one. And game two, he looks a lot better, but you still lose because the Suns are shooting the lights out. So you're like, well, maybe it's just not our year. But... Our own Bart Winkler says, you know what? It is our year. I'm putting out parade chairs. We're winning this thing. And I think that some of that confidence rolled over to some of the fans in the area. And I think a lot of people were still pretty confident that they could come out on top. And then to go on the run they did to win four straight and to win it in game six like they did in Milwaukee with 80,000 people in and outside the arena right there in the Deer District and to all celebrate together as the Bucks come together and win the NBA Finals for the first time in 50 years was one of those things that I just don't think you can top it. Maybe you can match it or come close. I do not think that you can top it. I, I really don't. I just don't think that there's any way that you can put together a team that's as special as that Bucs team was, to have a run that's as special as that Bucks run was, Sure, it'd be awesome to get a first one for the Brewers. And maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think the personalities on the Brewers and the players don't get the connection that you get with Giannis. And that's part of what makes it special. And everything you've gone with through the Bucks, Like, like Sam said, it's the Bucks. It's the Bucks. And they won an NBA Finals. And that's what we're celebrating today. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in. We are going to have to get to some draft mockery. We will get back into this, though, at 5 o'clock. I do want to continue to talk with you guys on Bucks and Six Day here, as it's been a year since the Bucks won the NBA Finals. It's crazy it's been that long. But here we are talking about it, remembering all the great highlights and all the great memories from that Bucks championship run. Draft mockery comes up next here on the Fan Afternoon Show with Toby and Sam.